G'day, mate. What's your name? My name's Nick Ratto, and uh, it's good to be here. Nick Ratto. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you coming in from, Nick? I'm coming in from New Zealand, um, the home of flooding and uh, Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, that those are the two things that we're famous for at the moment. G'day, welcome to another episode of Crowdworkcast. My name's Andrew Barnett. Thanks very much for joining me. Uh, got a great episode for you this week. My guest is Nick Ratto, my old mate from New Zealand, who is an absolute champion. Uh, we worked together on, uh, well, we worked together first as stand-up comedians, but then got to work together uh, on uh, The Professor's Late Hit. Um, he was an integral part of The Night Watchman Season 2, where he really made the show. He was our Kiwi News correspondent. He's an absolute champion. I love working with him, and this was a really fun episode to uh, to have a chat with him over Zoom. Now, this is the first one I've done over Zoom, so I'm still experimenting with all the, the audio and video and stuff like that. So excuse uh, if the quality is not uh, what it has been, but uh, working on it. So um, I think it's still pretty good. Um, now, if you want to give Nick a follow, he is Nick Ratto Comedian on Instagram. That's probably the best place to find everything he's into. Uh, he does a million different things, so um, make sure you go there. You can catch up on all of it. Um, I will say, if you're into podcasts, he has an amazing podcast uh, called Socrates Walks Into a Bar. It's award-winning, this podcast, so uh, check that out. Um, if you uh, haven't already uh, given me a follow on Instagram, uh, please do that. I'm Andrew Barnett Comedy on Instagram. Uh, also over on TikTok, um, yeah, 40-year-old man on TikTok, whatever, um, and uh, on Twitter and Facebook. So, yeah, you can find me, Andrew Barnett Comedy, on all those uh, socials. Um, now, if you want to come see me live, I am coming to Brisbane, Brisbane Comedy Festival. I'll be there on May 6th at the Underground Theatre. My show is called How Good. So if you are in or around Brisbane or anywhere within striking distance, please, please, please come and see that show. Uh, I promise you it's going to be a very fun night. It's one night only. So um, hopefully we can uh, we can fill that room nicely. Uh, now, if you are in Sydney, uh, good news for you. That same show uh, as part of the Sydney Comedy Festival will be uh, at the Enmore Comedy Club on May 20 and 21. Uh, please get your tickets for that. Bring people, um, even if people uh, haven't seen uh, me do comedy or unaware, please just bring them along uh, and we'll all have a very fun night. Melbourne, I will be coming down to Melbourne at some stage. I'm just trying to lock in some dates. Uh, I won't be doing a festival show as part of the Melbourne Comedy Festival, uh, but I will be there doing uh, a bunch of uh, spots on shows and, and basically hanging out for a little while. Um, so uh, other than that, please, as always, just... Uh, Give me a follow on any of the social medias you like to uh, like to follow on. Like and subscribe of the podcast wherever you listen to it, or if you watch it on YouTube, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. All of that helps. Other than that, this is a cracking episode, so I'm not going to speak for any longer. Let's get into it. This is me and my good mate Nick Ratto. Okay, straight off the top, flooding. Um, how is it? We've heard. That it's pretty rough over there. How is everyone? Are you all uh, all good? Yeah, we're fine. Um, and uh, which is which is great. But equally, um, uh, I guess the best way to sum it up is that 
Um, so our street was absolutely fine, but then the street behind us <clears throat> was totally devastated. <laughs> oh, so yeah, like they had like, and then there's a town up from us. So we live in a place called Oriwa, and then there's a town up from us called Puhoi, and uh, it's um, yeah. I mean, there's no funny names you could, <laughs> no jokes you can make out of that town. Puhoi. Poohoy. They were like, um, we need to name the town something that no one will ever find funny. Yeah, exactly. Even the kids go past it and say, what does that smell like? So it's, um, uh, yeah, so they they got, they're like, like, like they're a small town. They've got like a, a village pub and village library, all that kind of stuff. And yep. all that got flooded. Um, oh, the library hell. got flooded up to the roof. <clears throat> so I don't know if you can imagine uh, wow. that. So there's a lot of, um, warped pages and, um, a lot of books that are, yeah, just no longer, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's such a trait, like people got such a tragedy that that library, all those books that, you know, mm. um, got ruined, but let's shrug our shoulders and go, when were we actually going to go in there and read them? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you haven't returned yours. Yeah. So. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. <clears throat> but at least they, could, they have no track of uh, what I owe them, which is quite good. It's kind of like when the, um, that plane went into the Pentagon and they lost trillions of dollars. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm basically doing with the library book exchange. <laughs> oh man. So is it, is it still raining or is it, have you had a bit no. of a reprieve? Yeah, it's sunny now. And so, uh, our mayor had a bit of a shocker. So, um, our mayor was playing tennis, um, whilst it was happening instead of calling a state of emergency. <laughs> and, uh, what happened, so what happened, it was hap it happened on a Friday night and it was the night of an Elton John concert. Um, there was something else going on. And then the, there was like three big events going on in the city of, uh, of Auckland. So there was like I think 45,000 people going to Elton John. There was like a big game on or something. And then there was something else. It was about like maybe 80, 90,000 people going into town unnecessarily. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so uh, they called in a state of emergency at quarter past six. And then there was no other communications until 10 30 PM. And uh, um, so, so everyone was sets. just like, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was a hell of a tennis match. Um, and uh, yeah, but it was, uh, so that was, that was the people were a bit upset about that and I get it. I do get it, mm. but there is a little bit of me that's like, you know, if I'm up to my waist in my own house and water, do I need the mayor to say, you know, are we still going to the Elton John concert or not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when your house is flooding, do you sit around waiting to find out if it is an official emergency or do you just yeah. consider it a personal emergency and, and yeah. react accordingly? Well, that's it. Exactly. Well, they haven't called it on the news, so it clearly might, can't be that big. <laughs> so <laughs> you're sitting on the lounge and the yeah. wife's like, come on, come on, we need to get the stuff out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. Let's see what the news says about uh, this. Yeah. The news have said nothing. Come on, kids, grab your snorkel. Let's get some Netflix on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, and then, so then, I th and, and so after that, I kind of go, yeah, that's correct. You know, maybe you could have been a little bit more, uh, a little bit more communication on the civil emergency side of things. Yeah. And, but then there's a chance there to go, Hey, we were a bit slow. It was unprecedented. It caught us out, all that kind of stuff, but we're going to, you know, get, but now that we've got best people on the ground and we're going to start working and making this better. 
But no, he went on national television and elbowed out the way the new Prime Minister of New Zealand, Chris Hipkins, and um, basically said to the to the journalists, "Well, I'd like to see Wellington um, how they would cope or how wait how they will cope when they get their earthquake emergency." <laughs> so what? they haven't had an earthquake emergency. Basically, he's just hexing them and. He's putting... wishing an earthquake on a, <laughs> on the capital of New Zealand. Exactly. So where all the all the politicians are going? Well, I'd like to see how they deal with it when they finally get theirs. And um, and earthquakes. Then got, I mean, yeah. good luck if you get a crack near the baseline. I mean, imagine trying to play tennis then. <laughs> well, that's it. I think that's uh, you can play you can play tennis through the rain, but yeah, when. When it's an uneven court, it's a yeah. it's a heck of a battle. When no, I'd you, like to see how they play tennis then. <laughs> when you, exactly, when you lose three ball boys through a crevasse, uh, I think then it's time to call the game off. <laughs> Do you reckon? Like, I don't know what it's like over there, but I think globally we've like politicians have almost become bigger lunatics in terms of the stuff they'll say after an emergency or like mm. that. That's strike. That's a bit Boris Johnsony. That's a bit like Scomo. That's a bit like yeah. we've had these global leaders now that just. Well, I'm not saying the mayor of Auckland. I, I may be talking him up, saying he's a global leader. Uh, <laughs> I know it's an important city, um, but like the, I don't feel like that was something when I was a kid that you'd hear from politicians that sort of just brash. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. the, you, like so you do better. Yeah, exactly. And I think I, what I'm finding is politicians are ex- there. What makes a good politician or what politicians are consistently doing at the moment is the exact opposite of what I would teach my kids and also <laughs> what I would also tell them off for doing. Yes. So like, you know, a not sharing, admitting when you're wrong, is a huge thing. Exactly. <laughs> Apologizing is a big thing. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know what, like what the, the memo is or the email or, or the, the thing that they sign off on with whatever you do, never admit you're wrong. Even if you get caught in the act. I know it's, it's like, instead of ask not what your country can do for you, he's like, ask not what Auckland can do for you. Ask what Wellington would have done if they had an earthquake. <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's yeah. a completely different approach to politics. It's so oh, weird. It's so weird. And it's and it's like and it would just easily be sorted with a hey, listen, we were caught out. It's unprecedented. We're sorry, but now we've got our best people on and we and, and how we're gonna get out of this is together. We'll give you the resources, we'll give the money that's needed or whatever, you know. Um yeah, but then also the prime, the new prime minister did the opposite. So he went, so he's trying to be like one of the people now because yep. he's he's the new prime minister. His name's Chris man. Hipkins. They're given a nickname. It's called Chippy, and um, <clears throat> I, is, I just this is yeah. another thing we're going to come back to. These nicknames for politicians, <laughs> just yeah. Well, it's the same as again, what I would say to my kids: stop, you know, don't give yourself a nickname. First of yeah, all. you don't get to give yourself a nickname. <laughs> yeah. That's that's first yeah. off. That'll be sorted out by your friends when you do something that you are either embarrassed by or stuff up royally. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> and it won't be it won't be a nickname you're proud of. No. Um. You know, the best you can hope for is some sort of variation on your last name. Absolutely. Outside yeah. of that, it's yeah. an insult. 
Yeah, or an extension of your shorter name, like Nico yeah. or, you know, that kind of thing, Robbo or that, something like that. I think with the Auckland Mayor, maybe he could be called Floody. Floody. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, yeah, or, uh, yeah, something like that. Um, 111, it's a bit of a long nickname. It also is not very uh, international as well. But, yeah, it's it's that thing. But, yeah, the, pro- uh, the, pr- the Prime Minister did the opposite where he is supposed to be running the country and sorting out stuff and sitting in a room and logistically sorting stuff out in a war room going, here's our troops here. The Navy should be doing this. He was out there and they did that old um, thing where they get the business shirt, but they roll up the sleeves. So they're at at work. And he was out there with photo photo ops with wheelbarrows and moving people's mattresses and (laughs) moving people's fridges and uh, helping to mop up and sweep up individual houses I'm like, dude, I know what you're trying to do, but this yeah. is not the best use of your time. <laughs> let's let's be honest. Um, we're not paying you what we're paying you for you to be a removalist. Exactly. <laughs> like, we're all willing to acknowledge that your job is mostly administrative. And yes. That's yeah. what we're looking for. We just yeah. need you to coordinate. It's mostly just making decisions and going, yeah, we can spend this money to get those people who know how to lift mattresses. Totally. Like to get those resources in place. No, hey mate. Well, where yeah. was he? I didn't. Yeah. See, like I didn't see him at my place. No, I had, to, I had to lift my own mattress out. Yeah, exactly. And so it was kind of, yeah, just just two very bad reactions to um to something that's quite serious. But apparently this weekend there's another storm coming, and it's supposed to be worse than the one we just had. So no. we'll see. Uh, so it'd be good to see what um, you know. Spell Who's... the Auckland Mayor, or what game that he's going to play uh, this weekend? Mm. Yeah, well, and let's also, see. Yeah. Let's see if it hits Wellington how they go, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is probably the thing that he that, that he's been conjuring up. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> he's just misplaced it. Now it's supposed to hit Auckland again. <laughs> he's got a weather machine. <laughs> hasn't quite perfected it. He's like one of those cartoons with the evil, like the evil mayor. <laughs> 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 That's all he's done. Is using. It should have been a um. It should have been a hint to you guys when he said, I will move in, when he called the mayor's mansion uh, the uh, lair. That, yeah. that should have been a, a giveaway to you guys. Why, why yeah. these guys, why, did, why has he turned it into a skull in the side of a mountain? It's... Yeah, when he, when, he, when, he, uh, when he moved the Auckland Council offices to Rangitoto Volcano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's and, weird, uh... all his... Uh... All his assistants wear black turtlenecks. Yeah. Why did he carve his own face into that um, volcano? <laughs> and and have like the only way you could get in or out is through the mouth of the volcano, which is his mouth opening. So, yeah. But yeah, so no, all in all, we're okay. We're bracing at the moment. Um, I'm weirdly going to be gigging in Melbourne, so I'm out oh, really? away for the weekend. Yep. What are you What are you doing in Melbourne? Oh, I'm just on a ship. I'm doing Melbourne to Tasmania, and I then um for three days, and then come back. So I literally am away for the whole of the storm, and then come back. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, when there's a storm in the um in the you know the Tasman Sea, where I want to be is on a ship between Melbourne and uh, <laughs> Melbourne and Hobart. True. I, I don't know if you cross Bass Strait. It is horrendous when yeah. there's weather. Yeah. Yeah, no, pack well, the seasickness so, tablets, Nick. Yeah, I got to tell some jokes on there, and um, uh, yeah, and just sort of, uh, yeah, maybe I'll I'll cross a couple of extra fingers and toes uh, for the acrobatics uh, artists who are on the uh, on the ship. Yeah, that <laughs> and the have dancers. You ever, have you ever had to perform in high seas, like mm. 
had it like where like because I, I had one years ago i was holding on it wasn't even too bad but i'm holding on to the mic stand yeah and it went over away and the mic stand i hadn't tightened it it basically collapsed like the thing oh collapsed. wow we went down and i almost I, i'm almost going ass over tit and probably the best laugh i got that night like this, <laughs> yeah it's hard to get laughs when everyone's sort of just on the edge of seasickness yeah they're listen they're hard rooms at the best of times and uh Often, quite often, especially the ten thirty show, when I'm doing a six hundred seat theater to forty two yeah. people, and they're disembarking the next day. Yeah, they're getting a good <laughs> night's sleep because they've had their holiday. <laughs> they've had their holiday. They've also seen you, yeah, uh, several times uh, performing your best <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's often that 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 last show like right, you kind of. You, um, yeah, a few times I'll, I'll call you or text you or, um, <clears throat> or, or a couple of com- comedian friends and just say, you know, I think I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to take that Vodafone call center job. <laughs> yeah. It is. A, it's a funny, um, cause it, well, like you're in your forties now, you've got like mm-hmm. a family and stuff. It, it, do you ever just, do you ever look at something like that and just go, geez, that'd be easier way to make money. Because I, I was mm. I was the other day I went for a run and I was sort of walking back and I was watching these must have been a trainee postie within it because it was two posties yeah. in tandem riding yeah. together and mm. I was I was looking at them and they're chatting and I was like you know I probably do that job be a yeah. postie like, yeah that'd be that'd be pretty good you just out you got your route you you know you pop your headphones in you you get an exercise if you're on a push bike or you're walking yeah. Like, like, do you ever do you ever get that where you? Because the reason I was the reason I think I was fantasizing about it was I was trying to work on new material and I was out. Oh. I was trying to run it all through my head and get it sorted. And I just, yeah. you know, when you feel like you're too close to it, so you can't work it out. Like, so oh. it's just, and it's just not coming. And I'm like, no, I'm never going to write anything funny again. This yeah. is terrible. I'll just be a postie. Do you do you have those moments as well? Oh, absolutely. Like last week, um, I'm currently writing a, a new hour now and it's, um, yeah, to go from zero jokes to an hour is quite daunting. Yeah. And especially when you <clears throat> have a really, really great hour that people pay you a lot of money to go overseas and, and, you know, and, perform. and to perform that hour to, and go, you know, we, we, we value your writing and your, your jokes and your performance and all that kind of stuff. To then go again and go, you know what? Let's let's throw that away. Yeah. <laughs> you know what would be this... even better? Starting again. <laughs> Starting again from scratch. And yeah, so I had that the other week where oh, I was about a week and a half ago. And I've got I've got nothing. I've absolutely got nothing. But then, yeah, what I did was I found now we went. I went on. So I went. I had to go down to Queenstown for work. And the family came with me Oh nice. and, it, um, and because of the floods, it was actually for an insurance company. Um, <laughs> but because of the floods, they had to cancel the trip because they couldn't they have had to like, do their, something. They had to go to work. Um, they had to put their business shirts on and roll their sleeves up and have some photo <laughs> opportunities um, and pretend like they were help, helping the actual workers. And so I, me and the family was sort of not stuck down there, but we're kind of stuck like, it was all paid for. So we were just there and, but I didn't have to work. And so we ended up having like this holiday, not for free because they had to pay for all the other stuff, but it was, you know, hotels and flights and stuff were, were, yeah. were done. So I was like, okay, this is pretty good. And then, so I ended up just 
doing stuff outside of my house and with the family and doing that, then uh, just doing that different stuff. I then started to write some, some new stuff. So um, just funny stuff sort of came out of it. Just, just by doing different things. Like I'll, uh, the, the bit that I'm sort of talking about now is like, so it was rainy. It was one of the afternoons we were in Queenstown and we were, um, it was me and Soph, which is my wife and my two kids under seven. And it started raining and we're like, we don't want, we want to do something with them, but not, they spend so much time on their screens anyway, because we've yeah. had all these floodings and all that kind of stuff. So we want to do something as a family, not go to the movies, not do like a virtual reality thing or a laser tag thing or whatever. Let's do something as a family, uh, but inside. So we decided to do uh, an escape room. <laughs> and <laughs> With two kids under seven. Two kids under seven. And now hey, that, was, uh, that was lockdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how quickly we forget. How quickly we forget. That yeah, they didn't know what the mRNA vaccine was gonna, you know, yeah. that, that was doing either. Oh look, so I've worked it out. It's a booster shot. That's what we need to get <laughs> to get out of here. Yeah. So, um, so we yeah. So now I know why there's the kids get in for free because they yeah. do not know anything about 18th century gold heists. What? <laughs> and uh, and so we we're in there and we paid. It was quite. It was quite Quite expensive for what it is. It's like eighty-eight bucks, and the record is thirty-four minutes for a team of like a fan, like a little family. That was a team of two actually. We didn't have a family with us. I felt like the kids weren't helping at all with us. And there, <laughs> and there was a ten-minute period in there where I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's actually a lot of pressure on me and Sophia to 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 get out mm. because we're the only ones that are going to be actually trying." Yeah. And, and and trying to solve the, the clues but then it was half then it was like 15 minutes in where we were trying to solve a um like a a time zone time difference riddle it was like if it's tokyo if it's tokyo if it's if it's 10 o'clock here what time is it on tokyo and they had like this international dial that you would go to and all this kind of stuff oh yeah and then i kind of realized 15 minutes in that um that it was just going to be all on me, I think, to get out because because <laughs> Soph said to me, "How do they expect us to to know what time it is in Tokyo if we've never been to Japan?" <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm dealing with that, my son is literally peeling off the wallpaper trying to find clues <laughs> behind the wall, <laughs> like he's actually destroying the room. I've, I've seen this on Scooby Doo, Dave. Yeah. You just gotta peel stuff back. Like I know, bro. That's not that's that's not. I know there's like picture yeah. frames you can move and stuff like that. He's but... looking for the 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 poster. <laughs> he's looking for the poster of like the fifties uh, movie star oh. that he can pull back. And oh look, Dad, they've carved out a tunnel. Let's go. There's climb a tunnel through. here of the last people of the last family that got so desperate they had to carve out a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, whilst all that's happening, my four year olds uh, yelling out, "I can't breathe! I can't breathe!" <laughs> 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 and then, and then my son again. Uh, I said after he goes, it's, there's, it's not under the wallpaper, son. Don't, don't worry about the wallpaper. And then uh, I have to console my daughter, saying I can't breathe. And then he hands me like this, like broken, like deconstructed light switch that he's just going to heat. And then goes, is this a clue, Dad? <laughs> is this a clue? <laughs> I'm like stop destroying. I don't want to pay more money 
<laughs> that I need to. In this hey, look, situation. Dad, they're coming in. The yeah. People are coming in. I'm coming into house. <laughs> uh, it was so funny. And then, like, uh, so we were in there, and then it was just like all this stuff that was happening, and we were. We're third. I think we're thirty minutes in, and we're still in the first. Like, because there's three or four rooms you got to get through, and two, and past, and you know, locks and keys and safes you have to crack and stuff. We were still on like the second clue, thirty minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> and I reckon, like, uh, I reckon this is how they should make money. They shouldn't charge you to go. It should be free to go in, but they should charge you money for every clue that you ask for. So oh, nice. Yeah. Cause I would have paid $10,000 just <laughs> like think... for, just to leave, not, not from, for my family, just me. I, <laughs> I think Nick, that's technically um, kidnapping and extortion. Yeah. Right. We're holding okay. you to ransom. Yeah. Okay. That's probably what they probably thought room. of that. You need to pay to get out. That is. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. That's... And then, they, if... and then the guy, the guy was like, the guy was like, he he was really quite, he was he was very good because he was like, hey, I'm going to take you into this world. It's this 18th century gold heist. You know, here are the characters of the world. He wore like a top hat and a and a cane, and you know, and was talking in an oldie timey voice and all this kind of stuff. And then um, there was a, he gave us this walkie talkie, and. <laughs> get to was the only channel was here on and because of the, we were so close to the reception like we could we could hear the reception from through the room <laughs> and so he was clearly talking to these other people so he'd forgotten that we we're in there that like he didn't realize it was still only on the second clue half an hour in and we're we're on the walkie-talkie going please can we have a clue please can we have a clue and he's not responding and then he's obviously oh geez i wonder how far they're in they're only on the second clue so he would just do this thing like the the definition he would come on and do these, give these like vague clues like the definition of gold will open up the world and we're like come on mate we need more specifics than that and then in the end like towards the end like an hour in he was just saying it's twelve the code is twelve <laughs> no the other way no never mind I'll come yeah. in here and do it myself <laughs> no it's not a riddle yeah. it's just twelve <laughs> just... sorry guys. Sorry, guys. 12 is also the number of groups we have waiting to do the escape yeah. room after you. So <laughs> please just leave. Yeah. That exit button, the, the exit button where you can leave at any time. And we're like, go, where is it? Where's the. <laughs> yeah. It says exit. <laughs> yeah. It's big and it's red. It's big and it's red. It's what not another clue. What means by that? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's something to do with maybe it's something to do with this uh the safe that I haven't been able to crack. Um but yeah, and then so like it was just all that. It was stressful. Um we get out, we get out, we get out 80 minutes. It take, takes us 80 minutes. It's almost an hour and a half. And then and me and my me and my son are desperate for the toilet. And then we say <laughs> we say to my wife and my daughter, hey, you meet us outside. We're just gonna go into the and use the toilet. We um and uh, we're gonna be a little while, so you know, just go outside um and wait for us out there, or, or go shopping, or whatever. Anyway, so do you know those toilets um that if you know if you sit in them for a while and there's no movement, the lights oh, no. go off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So all of a sudden, we're in a second escape room. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we, but we're trying to like wave to get it in, but obviously the sensor's by the door. And so it's just like, yeah, like, I don't know, but no one knows we're in there. There's no one, no one knows that we're, we're there's no clues. It's going to be there. All of a this, sudden now, I can't the, breathe. <laughs> this time the clue is number two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We've already figured out that's not the, the clue for this one. <laughs> it's number two. That's funny. Yeah. And so it was just, so that was literally what happened. And for me as a stand-up comedian going, this is now going to be my new closer. Yeah. So it's just, it doesn't even really like need that much writing. It's just kind of, it was just this Remembering very, it. you're just trying to remember the, 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 the tragedy and the, the horrific nature of, of what happened. And I think as well for me now, what I've learned is rather than trying to find or figure out what's funny is try and write down and figure out what, what emotion that I'm feeling like why am I stressed out why yes. am I um angry why am I why is why do I think that's hypocritical for that person to do that and so then I write down those things and then I try and fight find the funny around that whereas before I'd be like oh nothing hilarious has happened to me in ages so I'm no good at, I'm not funny funny <laughs> I need, anymore I need to go have funny experiences yeah 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 you just need to have it. experiences and yeah think of them in a different way well that's I, exactly right yeah it's funny you're saying about that and I, I was just trying to work on this i'm trying to work on this stuff around um like i was i was working on i tried it last night how i basically the premise is that i find it easier to to spew than cry okay <laughs> <laughs> like if i'm feeling a bit sick i will make myself be sick if I'm feeling a bit sad, I'll push it down and release it as, you know, overreaction to little things. Like, you yes. know, what, why am I the only one that can turn the lights off in this house? Like, just that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I was thinking about it because my, wife, my wife's the opposite. Nat is very much like she will – she's like she'll sit and watch a movie and get emotionally into it and cry. And I'm, yeah. I just – that baffles me that I can do it. Yeah. Like she, and the example I give on – um on stage and she came downstairs and this is hundred percent true. She comes downstairs like a while ago and she'd been crying. And I was like, are oh, you like, all right. She goes, oh, I don't know. I was just watching something. And I was like, I'm always curious. Like, what were you watching? Thinking yeah. it's this reaction. Yeah. And I said, what were you watching? She goes, Oh, undercover boss. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, like really? And then she yeah. goes, no goggle box, but they were watching undercover boss. <laughs> So it's like second hand. I'm like, there's got to be like, I'm trying to work out the difference between like, like I'm trying to explore this whole idea that, that, that there's got to be some somewhere in between the two of us. Cause no one expects that. Like the other thing is, is like she cries in a movie. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, she's in touch with her emotions. I get mad cause the Australian cricket team get bowled out for 117 overnight. Yes. And everyone's like, mate, it's just a game. Just settle yeah. down. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, why aren't my emotions to the TV valid? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm allowed to yell at a French referee when the Wallabies get robbed in yeah. the first Bledisloe, and it's like, no, settle down, you're being, you're overreacting. Whereas yeah. she's watching Undercover Boss and bawling, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, isn't that emotional? That's a very, it's a great, it's a great premise. It's kind of like, um, you see, like when people, when people uh drink, drink so much that they cry, like if they like gins a beer an emotional drink, apparently. Yeah. But it's like, how do you, uh, but I, you know, I've, I've definitely drunk till I've spewed. 
Yeah. I've but I don't think I've ever drunk till I cried. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what level of drinking that I'd have to do to get to that. I like, definitely like, yeah. you beforehand. Yeah. Like, but maybe you just got to push through. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's Keep the next going. level for you. <laughs> All right. I feel an experiment coming on next. Yeah. <laughs> because I think if somebody offered you a drink as you're spewing, you would cry as well. Yeah. So maybe no. that's, maybe that's it. Maybe that's no, the... I'm promising to never, never drink again. That's usually <laughs> me. I'm bargaining. That's it. So that's, you're almost there for crying. Like I think yeah. the, the next stage, cause that's bargaining and then, and then, yeah, you'll do anything. Okay. Crying next. Yeah. But it's true. It's very funny. Like that thing, it is easy to make yourself spew, but it's kind of, you know, but you know, like, <laughs> You know how like sometimes you can make yourself spew, you can put your you know, finger down or whatever. Is yeah, there yeah. something that you can do to make it's yourself cry? <laughs> like is there a maybe a, is there a yeah. finger up your date or what's the... Yeah. <laughs> Rewatch the end of that first blood is low. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, I don't I don't I, there's definitely something there. But also yeah. I think too, like as much as we're an evolved society now, we're much better. No one wants the dad that can cry as easily as, like, my wife can cry. Like, mm. you know, no one's like, "Dad, are you all right?" And it's just like, "Oh, the bachelor didn't know which which one to give the rose to." I'm really emotional. Like, no, yeah, no one wants that from dad. No, no, I don't think so, and I don't think that. Um, yeah. And likewise, they don't want from mum, why are they spewing again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's mum throwing up? Ah, you know what she's like when she drinks. <laughs> not that anyone wants that from dad. No. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good either way, but it's no. uh, from anyone from in a, in a family situation. But it's a very, it's a, it's a funny thing. I, I like that premise though. It is easier to throw up than it is to cry yeah but then what does that say about you as a as a human yeah. being it's not healthy <laughs> it's not a healthy way to live no. but i don't no. know how to fix it but um that's that's mm. uh that's all part all part of working it out nick this great well, adventure we're on if it if it helps any 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 at all uh i wanted to cry in the escape room <laughs> 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 so <laughs> yeah Okay. And my my daughter wanted to throw up, so <laughs> yeah. It's funny how like yeah those um because you can try and write, try and write, try and write, but you're right. Like sometimes it's just go have the experiences, yeah, and then then give you something to like you, if you're just sitting around trying to manufacture comedy. I think for me anyway, I mm. I find it comes out really bad whereas if i'm just living life and then things happen and occur to me and then it's not to say that you just wait for something funny to happen to you but you something happens and then you try and like you said try and examine that reaction yeah well i, I wrote something down, down the other day I was like i don't know if i so it's like how when you how long is too many nights to stay over at someone's house oh, <laughs> because yeah, because we stayed over at a friend's house, me, Soph, and the kids, for seven nights, and that's too long. That's, yeah, that's, that's a long time. That's a long time. And I reckon it was about after the second night, it was like, you know that you've, I think you know when you've outstayed your welcome, when you 
when you pass the host in the hallway and no one says anything. <laughs> there's no small talk. There's no, <laughs> there's uh, just you, like a. It, it's another escape room at that point, Nick. Yeah, I think so. And another thing I found out about them, which I don't know if I can be friends with them anymore. It was really, still really bugs me. They keep, you know, the knife, spoon, cutlery type situation. Yeah. 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 They Top drawer. Keep, yeah. No, they kept what? them in the second drawer. Second drawer down was their cutlery. And in the top drawer, they kept all like the spatulas and the big knives and the and uh the whisks and all that kind of stuff. And it was and it's really bothered me. Mate, I wouldn't have lasted a night. <laughs> That's the start of a horror movie, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this, you know, you know the start of a horror movie where they you know, they're staying at the B and Airbnb like the yeah. bed and breakfast or whatever. Yeah. And they start to notice little things weird. Yes. That's the first one where you just go and here's the other thing. Where are the forks? Exactly. Here's the other thing. He's married, got kids, and the cutlery was in there loose. There was no like holder. It was just <laughs> just a free for all. Nick. And I'm like, I kind of get it for a bachelor. In a yeah. barn with animals. And <laughs> <laughs> he is second draw, no divider. No divider. What? That... Yeah. It, 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 and I kind of like bachelors. Yeah. If it's your first, you know, maybe flatting situation. I, but I'm thinking anyone over, over the, over 21, I think that's not acceptable. Yeah. No, no if you've left uni yeah, or, or finished your apprenticeship, that's, yes. that's no dice anymore. That's, Isn't it? That's, uh, you know what I think too is going to be interesting is because they've got kids. How old are their kids? So similar to us, so it's like eight, eight and five, seven and seven and four See, type vibe. Yeah. Because when you're that age, you just what is at home is normal because that's your mm, world. Mm. Can you, they're gonna go to their first friend's place and come back just like, can you believe this shit, mum and dad? Not only did they keep the knives, forks, and spoons in the top drawer, yeah, but they all had their own little spot. Yeah, like, what lunatics! Like they, they they're they probably going to label their weirdos. They're probably going to label them with a OCD or autism <laughs> because yeah. they're uh, these uptight people, eh? Yeah, <laughs> cutlery apartheid at their place, keeping everything separate. Yeah, oh, yeah, spoons and forks equal but separate. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, so this little stuff like that where I'm like going, oh, that could be a bit, or that could be something. But again, it was living life. It's a real thing. And um, yeah, it's just like kind of then like sitting down with that and going, okay. And then for me now, now this new hour, I'm like, okay, well, there's two, there's two things there that I can get off the ground running with and then, yeah. and then go from there. But it's yeah, cool. I, I, yeah, every now and again, I think over the December, January time when there's no money coming in. <laughs> Yeah, you start to go. You start to think of the other uh, jobs that you could be doing, but uh, yeah, it's um. But I think I'm all in now. Paid holidays, you mean, Nick? Yeah, man, that's the dream, right? Paid holidays and um, paid holiday because that's what. So I'll take my my family on a holiday. I'll take them for you know whatever ten days, two weeks, or whatever. But it's about six weeks to recover because you've got to pay for the holiday. And then you're not get working those two weeks. And then there's sort of almost like a lull or a whatever work begets work for us. So then people don't see you around. 
Yep. <laughs> and so they don't get booked for a couple of weeks. And then, then because we have to do invoices, those even if we work booked in, that money's not There's coming to us for another month. Yeah, and like if someone minimum. does pay your invoice when you're in holidays, yeah. in your head it is like, well, it's free money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, good news, we've got more to spend on our holiday. <laughs> exactly. So oh. it's yeah, it's it's interesting. But I'm, but in saying that, I've I'm all in. I'm all in. I can't. I, I think I'll do side hustles. But yeah, I'm I'm all in in terms of um the comedy thing. I'm going to be doing it till. Till I'm 97 or something like that, 100. I'll be that guy. I'll be the yeah. guy that goes one year too long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, easy. I'm going to definitely. Oh, is he still? Oh, yeah. You know the guy that have to help up the stairs at the upstairs room? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. isn't it good to see he's still doing it? How cute. And and the local news will do an article on you and go, he's yeah. actually quite good. Yeah, because we've been doing it for 70 years. <laughs> Laughter little... is the fountain of youth. Yeah, yeah. But he is a little bit um, anti-robots, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some of those robot the the the, the robot the robot phobe jokes are yeah. yeah. Some of his views are ro- on robots are a bit outdated, uh, <laughs> but you know you got to remember he's set in his ways. It was a different time. Yeah, it was a different exactly. time. So uh, yeah. How but, long um, have you been going now? Officially. I did my first ever gig during the first 2005, but I would Sorry, say... it amazes me that you said officially. Officially. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, there's, like there's a uh, a committee that admit you yeah. to the... To the yeah. uh, like, yeah, welcome to the uh, eternal fraternity of comedians. Yeah, yeah. So that was the um, when I clocked in uh, yeah, yeah. to the comedy world. You got so the calls. Ju- yeah, got the calls. Yeah. Um, yeah, June first, two thousand and five, officially, and then, but I probably not till two thousand seven, really, because I think I did in my first two years. I think I did like maybe ten gigs, twelve gigs. Yeah, and so, because how I started, so I want I broke up with my girlfriend, who at the time didn't want me to work in radio because that was a fickle industry. <laughs> 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 Glad you took her advice. Yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't then go to her. Hey, my dream is to be a stand-up comedian, uh, and for that relationship to continue. So when we broke up, I was like, oh, I can do, I can finally do the thing that I want to do now. And then, um, so me and my mate uh, James, we decided to um, basically just, just we, we both wanted to try it. We never wanted to do it as a gig, uh, like as a proper job, but we wanted to um, basically. Yeah, just as a story to tell at the pub that we've done it. Yeah. And we saw this like new act night, which is it was in Bath in the UK. It was a place called the Comedy Cavern. And um it was really um the first pe- the people that were supposed to be on this night hadn't uh, you're not allowed to have done comedy for over two years. So everything yeah, so that was the whole purpose yeah. of the night. I was like, oh, that's perfect because, yeah, it's yeah, an open mic. Yeah, expectation to where you want them to be. Yeah, exactly. So a lot, And I was just thinking, oh, everyone's going to be pretty new or if they weren't new, then they'd only be going a few months. Mm. Anyway, so we gave ourselves three months to write six minutes and it was great to have that writing partner and we would like throw frisbees and, you know, and go over our sets and, you know, and go, is this funny and, you know, hang out and stuff. And it was really great to have that. And and when we had self doubt as well, to have the other person going, oh, they're doing it, so I've got to do it. Yeah. And so there was no like pulling out. 
And um, so it was really great. It was, uh, yeah, James Burley, I think his name was. Um, and uh, <laughs> I think his yeah, name was. I think his name was James Burley. And um, he, uh, and he was, he was, I thought he was, I thought his set was hilarious, but the audience didn't think so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you were the less reliable advice on the other end of the frisbee? I think so, yeah. Like, hey, like, James, do you think this is funny? Yeah, that's good. What about yeah. this, Nick? Yeah, 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 that's really good. Yeah. Like, Nick, you he got was me. Doing, yeah. How well, I can't remember what his bit was. I think well, he did a bit about how, how like car. When um, I think it's kind of like I've seen other comics do it actually, and it's gone really well. But he was like 2005. I think it was the first person I'd heard do that. It was like when you hear like um, people blaring out um, when you, a, a car goes past and it like it's like got rock music or rap music or whatever like that. He says you never really hear like intellectuals who drive and like at the time it was like Radio Four or BBC world or something like that just blasting out <laughs> blasting good. out of their car and i was like oh that's a really and then he did he did, he did some accents and he and he really like he, i thought it was hilarious but they i don't know for whatever reason they didn't go for it and so <laughs> um and then i then i did the show and it was like and friends turned up and i didn't realize that it was like a that's not a thing that you want to be doing. I always just had like this naive thing of like, yeah, come on, more the more support for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. You guys will find it. It won't be awkward at all if it's not nah, very funny. Yeah, exactly. And so I did, and then I did it, and it was all a blur. Um, I remember, yeah, I can't even remember the jokes I did. I think it was just a, I just sort of basically blacked out uh, um, of the memory of it. But I remember it going really, really well. And I remember even my mates were like, hey, that went really well. And I was like, oh, cool, thanks. And then that was it. I was just like, never going to do it again. And then the next day, um, the comedy club owner rang me and said, hey, we've got a gig in Exeter on two two more days away from here. Do you want to go do it? And I said, oh, no, thanks. And then I hung up. <laughs> 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 and then um, my mate, I told my mate and he goes, you got to call him back. And, you know, I was like, you got to do it. And I was like, okay, cool. Went down, did it. It was fine. It was okay. It was like, it wasn't a death, but it wasn't at the heights of my first ever gig. Mm. And then, um, my third gig, I was like, oh, well, this comedy thing, I, I like, I can just write some new stuff then if that didn't go so well, I'll just write a new six or seven minutes. Yeah. And then, um, then I got on stage halfway through, I, forgot it was going so badly i died a death i got halfway th through and i said to everyone and said i'm really sorry i promise i'll be funnier next time and then walked off stage and then um <laughs> funnier next time i love the confidence yeah, of assuming you'll be back that's it and i remember the mc came up to me and um he goes that's the funniest like death i've ever seen i've never seen a someone apologize for it and sort of and then and then give them an iou yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys this is on me my bad let me yeah. let me make it up to you yeah and then so then i was like oh that's it i've quit i'm out and then the next couple of days i think two days that original night that i did was a competition and it was so you think you're funny competition which is one of the greatest english comedy competitions like i think is it raw comedy yeah. quest or something like that in australia and you know all these kind of things i made it to the semi-finals of this competition oh wow so my fourth or fifth ever gig was at the edinburgh festival hal cruttenden was um who's like hosted live at the apollo was the host julian clary was the judge oh wow <laughs> 
and it was like 300 people in Edinburgh at the Tiviot, you know, like castle type thing. And that was my fifth ever gig. And I ended up doing really well. And they, the judges said, what we like about his stuff is it was really current. It was really topical. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I only wrote it two months ago, whatever it was, <laughs> a week ago. But everyone, I was the only one in the competition that, and I, that was my fifth ever gig, but people had been doing it for two years and, you know, they were, they were like, they were aiming for this competition. Yeah. So the guy I got, yeah, I got second on the night and then there's a guy called Tom Allen who, um, who won it. Now he's like, yeah, he's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And there was, I was, there was talk of me getting a wild card to go into the final, but then I didn't, I think I just missed out on the wild card. And then I didn't, didn't think anything of it for like a couple of years. And I went back to Edinburgh and I did more gigs, but I recently went back and I saw who was in the final. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah. So there's a guy called Charlie Baker, who was very funny, Stuart Goldsmith, um, who does a, uh, like who we know, I think, uh, does a comedy, com the, the comedian's comedian podcast or whatever. Yep. Um, a person called, um, Sarah Milliken. Oh, geez. <laughs> Evan Bridges. Kevin uh, Bridges. Yeah, Kevin wow. Bridges. Yeah, Kevin Bridges. Sarah of Kevin Milliken, Bridges fame. Of Kevin Bridges fame, the the Glaswegian comedian. Um, Charlie Baker, Stu Goldsmith, and there was like another one. And I think so I think out of the three out of the six finalists or what seven finalists or whatever, now sell out the Apollo. And I think <laughs> you've done gigs at Wembley. <laughs> so for me to go, oh, it's pretty unlucky getting the getting the thing but it was a pretty tough year <laughs> yeah it was a pretty tough year and so um but yeah and then so i went back a couple of years later and then from 2007 i was like went up to edinburgh and i did 30 gigs in 30 uh i did 34 gigs in as many days like in like 26 days or something and then i remember at the end of it going oh this i got kind of got good and i was like oh so this is what you got to do you've just got to keep gigging yeah and if you want to get better and go good you know this is what you got to do and then yeah so from 2007 i would say now is what when i've been going for so what's that now so 14 years but kind of no maybe even more than that what's that now 15 uh, years 15, 15 years, years. Yeah. yeah so 17 years officially but i kind of want to say 15 15 yeah, yeah. <laughs> 17 years if i'm trying to sell myself and 15 years if i'm trying to yeah, it depends yeah. if you're, um, you know, on a flyer for a corporate, 17 yeah. years experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're talking so, to other comedians, ah, about 15. Yeah, well, I've only just, you know, full-time, full-time, I've been, you know, as a, yeah. as a job, 10, uh, 12 years, 13 years. So, yeah, but full, yeah, full-time as this is my only profession and not doing a side hustle, yeah, 13, this will be my 13th year. That's incredible. So, that's mm. that is just in in and of itself is an incredible. That's the hard bit, especially mm. you know because you like the your Kevin Bridges of the world or whatever they. That's right. You know, yeah. what I mean, that theirs is the is the like the career that most people understand, but it's yeah. it's the existing at the level where you're not the household name, mm. but you're still able to make a a living. That's the real. Uh, that's the that's the the, the challenge. Yeah, exactly. I'd say in the la only in the last mm, eight, I'd say six, seven to eight years would be there's a living. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was four years of like I was definitely a professional comedian, but it was just kind of me. So I, you yeah, know, 
it's a baked living, beans it's on toast is fine. <laughs> yeah. And and doing a gig purely for the accommodation and the breakfast <laughs> 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 was just another night what surviving. What else do I need? Yeah, a exactly. Bed and some food. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, a free beer as well. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I think, I think that's right. It's like that, it's kind of thing. And I think that's why it's hard for our family members and people always, you know, I think on my, on my comedy festival, um, blurb this year on my quotes, I've got, um, Russell Howard said, you know, X, Y, Z, great comedian, all that kind of stuff. Rob Brydon said, amazing, you know, fantastic comedian. And uh, Nick's auntie said, uh, have you thought about working in real estate? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's kind of like that is the at every single reunion, even now, 15, 17 years in, they're always going, so you still, is that, is that still a thing you're doing? Oh, yeah. And, you're yeah. little sketches. You're still doing yeah. your sketches? You, your skits is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, I love the skits. That's the a... skits. You're still doing your little skits is the most undermining thing you could ever I call know. something. It is. It is. It's like you can be reductive about almost anything, but that's yeah. the one that gets a comedian. Hey, how are your little skits going? Yeah. <laughs> Not skits. In fact, that's a, if for the, anyone listening to this podcast, if you ever want to get yeah the, the ultimate diss, is that to any yeah. comedian still doing their little skits, eh? Yeah, I, I I get a bit of that, like a bit, but no, but how are you like, like how do you make money? Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's all right. I cobble mm. it together. Yeah. But, so you yeah. did you were doing radio before that? What were you doing in radio? So I was doing. I started out. Uh, I in New Zealand, I was like an overnight. I was like a weekend presenter and stuff. And I ended up covering like a late night show, not uh, like a seven till midnight show, like a countdown show on a, a station called Mori FM in Wellington. And I thought, oh, I was like 20, 21, 22 at the time. And um, I was like, oh, I'll just do this over in England. And then they, they didn't like that. that I, <laughs> they couldn't understand me. I didn't know that. I know I was in Liverpool as well. And they thought, and my last name was, Radovanovich, they thought I was foreign. They called me the, the, the people that stayed, I was there with my ex-girlfriend, her family never called me by my name. They always called me refugee. Refugee. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they refused to call me by, by my actual name. They just called me refugee. And then word got out as well. Um, then the neighborhood started calling me refugee because <laughs> I went out because they got like the Mr. Whippy ice cream vans and stuff that come around and it was yep. summer and I was like, oh, okay, I'll go get an ice cream. And I went out in my bare feet and just went and got an <laughs> ice cream and then came came back. Apparently you never leave uh, your house and uh, without shoes on. Apparently that's like the ultimate and like, you know, in class no-nos. That, in that, Liverpool. And Liverpool of all, all places because they're so fighting for like what is upper and middle and lower. Oh my they're God. just like looking at anything going, well, at least we're better than that guy because he doesn't have any <laughs> shoes. <laughs> See, that's crazy because here, and I imagine it's the same in New Zealand, middle of summer, yeah. Yeah. whatever. Yeah. You, you don't totally. need yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And so I remember one year I went a whole year not wearing shoes. I was a yeah. lifeguard. I was a lifeguard uh, at the pool, and I just remember my jandals would always get wet, and I was like, I just wear. And I'd I'd stand on a um, one of those. I th I don't know what the official quarters, but like they're swimming those flutterboard things. I just stand on that 
Yeah. <laughs> that was my that was my shoes for for, we, for a year. Mate, as kids, we used to like getting into summer. We used to deliberately walk on the the start of summer. You'd walk on the asphalt That's to try it. and get your calluses up. That's Just, exactly you know, right. You didn't have to wear shoes. It was a pain. Yeah. It's like when I um when I uh like you hear these like I've heard of a few times like on Joe Rogan or whatever they talk about you. Know, I I don't get men who wear flip flops. Yeah. Um, it's like. Yeah. What if you have to fight? Well, you kick your thongs off. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't think cavemen fought in bare feet? You, well, that's exactly guy. right. Exactly right. And you can th- use it as a weapon as well. You throw yeah, it at Exactly. And you use it as uh, the weapon of confusion. If they don't get 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 us, <laughs> then it's like well, I don't understand. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, I worked in radio. There, I just I I handed out stickers and a. I remember my first day, it was April Fool's Day, 2004, I think it was, three or four. And I did, I was like, I've made, I've got a, got a gig in radio now. I'm handing out stickers. I'm just putting stickers into the back of people's cars. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a gig in radio. And that was the only, that was the only um, work I did on that radio station for the whole month. And I had to get up, I had to get this job as a, um, and this is no euphemism, I was, as a fruit packer. And so, <laughs> and so I was a, there was me and it was like a, a fruit and veg packer and, um, people, I don't even know, it was, must've been for like small grocery. Um, it was before like, uh, what is it? Um, the click and collect and stuff. Now it was more for like, you know, um, green grocers and that kind of stuff. It was like a big warehouse and then we would sort of ship, right. you know, they, they would have so, like 30 lettuces or whatever like that. Yeah, and so corner stalls. Yeah. 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 And so it was me and the Scottish, this really heavily Scottish guy, and um, we were the only ones. And it was quite good because we could take or we could take home the fruit and veg at the end of stuff that wasn't thing. So I was like, not only am I getting paid, but also I'm getting fruit and veg to take home as well. Which so the Scottish well. guy, let's be honest, he's not going to steal a he's, bunch of it. I got double. Yeah. I got double. He was only he, but I would give him my extra iron iron brew uh, drink, and that would be fine. But he um. But I always remember this to this day, like it was, it was, it was fun work. Cause it was like physical, but it was like, you know, kept your mind busy, but the music was playing and it was fine. And, um, I remember on the radio, um, funky town came on and I just, to this day, think it was the funniest thing I've ever heard as a really heavily Scottish guy singing along to the words of funky. <laughs> town. So he was like, would you take me to funky tune? <laughs> Would you take me to Funky Tune? <laughs> and I just remember losing it by the cos lettuce, and uh, it was one. It's still one of the funniest things I've, I've I've heard and seen today. Heavily bearded, he looked like a dwarf from like Lord of the Rings, <laughs> singing along to Funky Town, and uh, it was it was it was genius. And then yeah, so then I did that sort of semi. And then I just sort of worked my way up in the radio thing, just made myself a nuisance. And then I became the out and about guy. And then I became the producer. Then I became the deputy program controller. Then I became the program controller. And then I got... What the hell's a program controller? So like a program director. So like who hey. runs the whole station. So it was like, hey, I think we should play this song here and we should put this, we should hire this talent here to go on the radio and and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then I got headhunted to go to london to do um breakfast radio for heart breakfast with um uh, in london which is like huge it was huge it was leicester square it was like 
Oh, wow. Hugh Jackman was coming in every day. Mariah Carey, um, uh, just all sorts of like, like people just big pop in. Big like A-list celebrities. Like um, I think Bradley Cooper came in uh, one time. Who was the guy? Uh, oh, Jerry Springer was, he came in. Um, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, the watched greatest... that. we watched oh. Jerry Springer on... Um... This just on, I got, so we got a new TV because our old TV broke and right on um, New Year's and it's yes. got all these extra channels. It's like yes. this Samsung thing with extra channels for some reason. And yes. so just after the fireworks at the, on New Year's Eve, like everyone's sort of leaving and then um, the last of the guests were there and me and my cousin were flicking around on the TV and we found on one of these channels an old Jerry Springer. Oh, and man, it was throw. It hasn't aged well. This no. was like um, uh, the one was. It was girls who, whose boyfriends didn't know they were really a man, and it was just like, oh man, you want to see? <laughs> like it was like I, you couldn't do it anymore. You couldn't sh- no. like make a show where men punch trans women on TV, but it was just it was literally just waiting for them. And I'm really a man. Boom. Yeah. It was insane. You wouldn't it was see insane. It. And he gave me the best advice. Best advice? Or was most it be, interesting. Be kind advice. to each other. You be kind to each other. That was the best advice he gave me. No, he he said when we were interviewing him, because we were like going, is it was it real? Was it staged? Were they actors and stuff? And he just said, Listen, every single person has a Jerry Springer show in them. It was my job to bring it out of them. <laughs> That is. And I'm like, actually, you know what? Yeah. Everyone properly, you know, if you actually told the craziest, you know, if you went into the, 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 the history books of your life or your friend's life and stuff, you go, actually, they could probably make a pretty good Jerry Springer show out of that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> That's, um, you know, it's lucky though that he got that job being yes. Jerry Springer. If it's <laughs> someone else's job to bring a Jerry Springer show out, it would have been confusing. It would have been very confusing. It would have been off. Yeah. But no, it was, it was big, but it was, um, I felt with the radio gig, I was, I'd climbed and I was literally at the top. Like you, there was only that my job. And then there was executive producer for Capital, which was a huge station. And that was the, those were the two biggest jobs without being on air. Um, and we were still pretty, we were still on here, but we were like more behind the scenes stuff. Those were the two biggest jobs you could get in commercial radio. And I felt like I'd climbed to the top of that ladder. And, but the, I found out when I was at the top that I, I was like, oh no, I'm on the wrong wall. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the, Damn, and it was just wrong ladder. Yeah. Wrong ladder. I was like, oh man. It was great experience, really good experience. How, but how old were you at this stage? Like, I was thirty when I got that gig. I was twenty nine, thirty. Bloody so man. yeah, it was pretty. Like I went from sticking stickers in a car from twenty three, twenty four, to like basically the executive producer of one of the biggest stations, uh, commercial stations, in um in, in in England. And it was um, it was. I've got to be honest with you. I was a little bit too soon. i had i had the right philosophy and i think i had the right the nous but i didn't have the mental fortitude for when times were going tough and also like when people because i got the job over people who applied for the job so i was their boss even though they'd applied for the job so i got it over them so they were already working on the show 
And so they were doing everything to derail and all sorts of stuff. But I was too naive to kind of think, oh, no, no, that'd be, you know, that would no, want to work for me. we've worked together for ages. We're friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was that that kind of vibe. And it really shook my confidence for about a year or oh, quite, a, quite a while, actually, like two or three years, I, I'd say. But then, um, and then every now and again, I'd have inclinings where it would come back or I'd be like, oh, I've, I've been in this situation before. But now it's like, I know how to play it now. Yeah. And so, yeah, but that just comes with, experience and doing it and stuff like that so but uh yeah that was my that was my gig um and looking back on it it was pretty crazy like living at the end of the thames and like having a driver every morning and um you know going to some Are you pretty serious? cool parties you had a driver in the morning yeah the driver in the morning take me to, to to work and then uh we'd go be invited to all sorts of different stuff we like met we worked with emma bunton from the spy schools and she took us to lunch have I told you about that? No. no. So went to Emma with Emma Bunton. So she was worked on the show. She said she wanted to meet the team. And so we got all the team. She took us to this really like famous nightclub called China White. And, uh, but we had lunch there and she hired out the room or they gave her the room or whatever. And we were all having lunch there and it was like an exclusive thing. And, um, I was sitting next to Emma and then she, I'll never forget. So she, she had the menu and then she was like, um, well, and they said, like, oh, you know, Miss Bunton, what would you like? And she goes, oh, can I have, can I have the corn fed chicken, but can I have that without the corn? <laughs> so, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. We're going to have to go back in. We're going to need a time machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. But because she was Emma Bunton, the waitress goes, yeah, certainly Miss Bunton. We, I'll ask the chef. We see, see what we can do with that. And uh, waitress went away, came back and said, yep, we can do that for you, Miss Bunton. <laughs> and I was like, well, excuse me, can I have the, see this jerk chicken? Can I have mine? <laughs> 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 can I have mine not jerked, please? That's, that's, <laughs> so, that's yeah. incredible. The grass-fed beef without the, the grass, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, but that was the power of her and that was the, yeah, but also set her up beautifully because she wasn't that intelligent, but she was, she just had this confidence. She was just famous. She was just so famous and people would just bend over backwards for you when you're famous. And that's what I didn't like about the, working in that job is that fame outweighed talent. So I think personally, I was very talented at the job, mm. but I wasn't like, I wasn't the coolest or I wasn't the you know, I would, I would be more the money ball kind of person. I would sort yeah. of, I wouldn't hit home runs necessarily, but I would, I'd get, get base hits base. every time. Yeah. I'd get on base every time with the, the, the content and, and that would add up and then people would follow you, but you need like consistency of like months and years to, to build that audience and to build it. So, yeah. So that's what I would say why I sort of got out. And that also I was doing comedy late night and doing early morning breakfast. So yeah, that doesn't, yeah, Seemed that like doesn't a great go. Uh, lifestyle combination. Yeah, how, so, how popular yeah. were you though in the comedy rooms when people realised your job? Um, like, lots of people thinking. Were there people going like, "Oh, this this is a guy who might be able to"? Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, li not so much. Oh, a little bit. Am I making you question all your friendships in London now? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, because when I, when I changed to like professional comedian mm. and like really was taking it seriously, it was kind of, 
I was only in London a year. It was like that, I was only in that job for a year. And then they tried to make me go to Reading. They said, oh, it's not working here in London. We've got a job for Reading. You're at Reading. And I said, I don't want to go to Reading. <laughs> and then they were like, well, then you're fired. I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you can do that. And so um, I got a payout. I think I got a payout like five or six months salary or whatever, which I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Because now I can be a professional comedian. But then um, in hindsight, just... I definitely should have got more. I probably should have got. It was like, they just totally screwed me over. It was very, very much against the law what they did. So, Five or six I, months seems when you're, especially like early thirties and you want oh, to be a comedian, yeah. you've got no attachment. Five no. or six months, like this will last me the rest of my life. Never gonna feel up, again. I'm going to be a comedian. Look, that's all I need to get super famous and be selling heaps of tickets. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh... um, hey dude, I've actually got to go to this other meeting now. Okay. Um, do you want to... <laughs> pause it now or do you want to like because I, I i only be like 10 minutes on this other meeting yeah do you want to do, do you want to do a pause yeah yeah okay. you go you go have your other important meeting um and okay. then i'll uh let me know when you're uh you're ready to go and we'll i'll join in again, again on this one yeah yeah easy. yeah yeah. yeah good okay. all right, all right. See you, mate. See you, bye. 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 okay so what happened just then is uh nick got off the zoom call um i uh did a bit of work, then we got back on the Zoom call. Unfortunately, when we got back on the Zoom call to continue the podcast, uh, the recording failed. So what we're going to do is Nick and I are going to do another podcast in the very near future. He's got heaps to talk about. Um, we've got a, He's just uh, gone over to the US a little while ago and recorded a, uh, a bit of a special over there. So he, that's getting released, and so we need to um, make sure that we can promote that. So I'll get Nick back on in the next couple of weeks just to um, just to go over all the stuff we missed and just to continue our conversation. I don't know about you, but I was thoroughly enjoying it. So apologies that the recording failed, but the good news is you'll get a whole nother podcast with, uh, with Nick Ratto. So once again, thanks very much for listening. Uh, as I said before, give Nick a follow on Instagram, Nick Ratto Comedian. Uh, give me a follow on Instagram and all socials, Andrew Barnett Comedy. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll uh, be back very soon with another Nick Ratto podcast. But thanks for now. For now, thank you very much for listening. And uh, I'll catch you next week. Bye. <laughs>